Hey. <laughs> this is uh, Inside the Actor Studio with myself, and uh, I'm joined today with Jeff Wisniewski. Jeff is a scholar, and some would say the, the most premier television producer on the planet. Um, he is uh, what he he is to the digital marking game, to what the I could, man I wish I remember his name right now is uh, <laughs> the the guy who created Hamilton is to the Broadway game, Jeff Wisniewski. What's up, guys? <laughs> so uh, I know. So I had you on, and one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about in particular is video production in general, right? So. You have a weird background with it, and weird as in you're not self-taught completely. And so there's a lot of people who are self-taught. For yourself, um, A, what kind of background do you have when it comes to video? Well, let's. I, I do want to preface this by saying that like, I was never always in video. I used to be music, or actually just writing my entire life. I used to write okay. things every single day. Um, then when I was in high school, I got into music. I started playing guitar and bass and drums and all these other things. And uh, that's kind of what I wanted to gear into. And then I kind of fell out of that when I, you know, I, I first started watching The Office. I was obsessed with The Office when, it, you know, when I was in high school. And so what time period are we talking about here? We're like talking about uh, 2005, like, 7, oh my God. 8, 10? No, we're going to go like 2000, yeah, 2010. It's about right. Okay, so we're talking 2010. So about 2010, that's like my junior year. I, I just started writing just my own like episodes of the office they were shitty they were the worst things i ever wrote do you still have them no Damn. no they're they are lost somewhere I'll, yeah they're gone okay um but then i started writing you know different things different things that i actually do still have now and they're still terrible um but they're like but they're things that i'm proud of they're the things that got me to where i'm i'm at now and then it, which made me end up getting out of music and getting into film production tv production video all that kind of stuff and then i ended up going to uh college at tribeca flashpoint academy in chicago for screenwriting and producing and then spent two years doing that got out with my degree i did nothing with writing and now i'm just i was pretty much full-time just video like camera producing and everything so you went to tribeca as a writer yes so you didn't even do much film production inside that i did a, i did a little bit so like our first year was really interesting it's um the first year is we have um we go through like the process of making a film like a short film okay so our first class that we start with is screenwriting and then in mixed in there slowly we start getting things like producing and directing and cinematography and then towards the end where we start making our film then we go into edit like editing class where all we do is just edit the video and then we get we learn things from our teachers going you know going through that um, and then our second semester is the broadcast side because they have the film side and the broadcast side so our second semester was broadcast where we had classes at the Merchandise Mart in Chicago. We had the we were at, had classes at CBS. And which the Merchandise Mart is also Comcast Sports, right? It's like that's right around the corner from that. It's what what? No. Tell, are you sure? I, I I don't know. It might be complete. It might be that now. But I know when we were there, there wasn't really a whole lot of stuff like broadcast wise. It was just like radio. Like the loop. Gotcha. Was, like the loop was there. I think okay. uh, like like Q one hundred one was there for a while. Okay. Um, but it's complete. It's com it's probably completely different now. I know it's completely different now because we don't have classes there anymore. Okay, and so then now we're we're out of college. You've got some film production background. You're dabbling, I would say, at that point. Yeah, when I first got out, I started doing weddings, and I I, I like weddings. I'm, I don't want to make a career <clears throat> out of that, but it's a fun job. I did I did my cousin's wedding. It was the best wedding I ever done. Um, 
and then I started getting more into like the actual like like client work. So I had like people coming to me asking for like, hey, can you film this interview for me? Hey, can you do this short commercial for me? Sure. Um, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. And then I had friends from that I've met along the way from other film jobs and, and, and college that were like, hey, we want to make this thing. Can you produce my my film for me? And I was like, sure, anything I can do to help. And uh, and then just started going from there. And then it, it ultimately just kind of ended up being just I was producing these films. I you know I didn't know everything about producing, but I learned it as I was doing it. And now I'm amazing at it. I never thought I would be amazing at it. But amazing. Wow. Wow. I know. I I've never said that about myself before. <laughs> well, if you're not going to say it, at least say it publicly. So that's good. Yeah. Now I can't take it back. <laughs> it's on record. So, okay. So now we're, we're, we're dabbling. We're past wedding videography. And now we're heading directly into doing producing actual creative production services. Um, and so where, where does this kind of start? Is this something that starts with paid gigs or does it start with just like pet projects no it really just started with like my friend's passion projects so in 2000 cool. so in 2014 i produced um one of my one of my best friends from college his name is john we did a um a web series it was a web series about a group like a like a um like a ghost encounters kind of show like the, the host goes in he he finds ghosts and proves the house is haunted and he leaves but it also follows his crew as well, so like there's a there's a camera guy following the crew and the host. So, you're, when, so essentially, you're bringing office type web series to the haunted aspects yeah. of other things. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, so we, I see the hybrid. Yeah. So we go. So like the, the, I'll, I won't explain the whole thing, but the show starts where the the host of the show Rex Kramer, that's his name. We kind of pulled the name solid from, from, solid fake name. Yeah. Well, it's not fake. We pulled it from Airplane. Okay. 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 <laughs> uh, so, so the the show follows Rex Kramer. He goes into the. It's like the, the their their series finale. They go into the house, and as soon as they go in, there's a scuffle, and then we don't hear anything. And then the, his producer says, like, "Okay, Rex, we can't see anything. We're gonna turn on the lights." They turn on the lights, and they see him dead, lying on the floor. And the camera just turns around to the crew, and the crew's just like, "Ah!" Like, like they don't know what to do. Like they're crazy. They're freaking out. And so that's. That starts the whole like web series. It's like ten episodes. It's like three minutes long. Cool. And that, and they can people can see that somewhere. Yeah, it's on YouTube. If you go to YouTube, just type in Rex Kramer Paranormal, and it'll be under Lamberger Films. Okay. Well, that's a good plug. Look at us. Yeah. Doing I stuff. I haven't plugged that thing in a long time. <laughs> so we're, so you that's your first real att attempt at creative production services. Yep. Um, and sounds like more in the film world than it is in creative. Um, it, definitely creative, but uh, the creative side, you know how we, you know, right. brand things differently. But um, so that's really interesting. So you, you when did I, I was trying to think about this today? When was the first time we met? I, I remember because the first meeting I remember is uh, uh, off Square, but I for some met, reason feel met, like it was before that. We met us. We met a time before that. When was that? Um, it was like I don't know, like. Two three weeks before that, because um, I because I was on a job um, uh, from for my own like I was doing a job for Rivers yep. Casino. Yep. And Evan Freistack had called or had like texted me and like, hey, like I want to try to get you on this job. Just call this number and and his name is Alan. You'll you'll talk to him. He'll get you set up for this job at Lakeshore. And I called you and you're like, yeah, we we already got the position filled. That's and where we started. And then you're right. and then and then you're like, yeah, you're you're like local, you know, in, in the region, right? I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm from Dyer. And he's like, okay, well, we're gonna talk. Like I'm like, all right, cool. Like and then it just kind of went from there. We set up a meeting. We talked about just doing video stuff, and that's it. 
Okay, so that's really cool. Now that now it's starting to ring a bell, and that was at like a Starbucks, right? I believe. Yeah, okay. a Starbucks in St. John. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. So I remember meeting you there, and I remember being like definitely uh, taken aback by uh, like your passion for it for sure. And then your background was really cool, and so um, at that time at Lakeshore, I was starting to really kind of get the vibe that I was heading out of there. <laughs> you yeah, know? and that I really wanted to start this thing, and so you've been a part of the local two one nine experience since I've really started this thing. And for those who are fans of what we do, uh, Jeff, you produced the graffiti art video. Yes. So there's a little bit of background there, and some other things that Jeff's done. He was the one um, doing this. He was behind the switcher for the craft beer contest for the results show. Um, you were on location for the craft beer video, and so you've really kind of had your your pulse on everything we've done, right? I would, I, I, I would I think, think so. so yeah. I think so. I think that's fair to say. And and uh, the other thing that we've done together is uh, Jeff was with me when we went to the, the uh, Dominican for the Punta Cana Baseball Series, the International Prospect Series that we recorded, which uh, saw that uh, second revision last night. That looks awesome. So Thank you. I don't know how our fans will see that. Maybe the friends of Local 219, we might be able to release it to show it, that kind of stuff, but... Well, I think maybe we, if, if International Prospect Series is putting it out on their Facebook, we could just share it, you know? That's true. Very, very, very we good We could just point. share it. We could share it on our friends page and also on our, you know, our actual page, yeah. like our public page. Cool. Um, you're right about that 100% because that's the only way we're really going to be able to do it because we've given up kind of all rights to the video. Yeah. So just a random question, though. Um, so with being in the field and establishing your experience and background... Where do you see video stepping in like at this point? Like I think that's what the hardest thing is because I think a lot of people they're at home and I, I'm seeing a lot of amateur people doing a lot of video, and I think that's like we're kind of heading into that that age, right? And I definitely see it on the real estate side in particular. So for you, from your perspective, and I, I this, I'd be interested to know where do you kind of see video fitting in on the social media component, or or is it, and what kind of era are we looking forward to as a video production? I mean, group? why don't you just open Facebook, close your eyes and point at something. Videos everywhere. There's there's just memes that are like, you know, like pictures of memes that are just videos now. It's completely unnecessary, but everyone is doing it. It doesn't even matter. Everyone's doing it. Does it have to be quality? Does it not have to be quality or is it just content? I mean, it's, it's nice to be, it's nice to have it be quality. Sure. I would like it to be quality. That's what I strive for. When I see videos shot on phones that, you know, they look like they're shot on phones and they have shitty resolution on it, it makes me kind of cringe a little bit. Just because, I mean, just maybe because I'm spoiled to shooting like 4K everything all the time, but I don't know. Yeah, but I think, you know what, being in production, I think most production people have that perspective. I think being out of production, they don't. Yeah, no, you're probably right. I think you people, I think people like who are not, really in the business they don't they don't care they're just like whatever i can do to push out content is fine right right but i know but i know that there's people out there who are just pushing out content and they can do you know they can do the 4k quality that you know that everybody wants which blows my mind i don't even know how you can go that far with well it, technology's but. come so far yeah it's been amazing like even on our phones like joel henderson from come up and it's like that dude just pounds out awesome footage on phones all the time and it looks clear as day the only difference is i think is light really matters yeah. like that's the first way when i see like a video that from someone else doing it that i know like how much experience is behind the camera mm -hmm. is a how the lighting is and b of how the audio is 
yeah i generally i agree like i like i, I always heard this thing in in film production that it was like it's it's 50 50 it's 50 percent video 50 percent sound and i cool. i always i always underestimated the sound part of it until like until like not recently but until like the last couple of years because i worked with a good a good sound friend of mine on on a feature film who, that i produced and just he- just hearing it like hearing it there and then hearing it at when the film got made like when, when it was in post production I was like holy shit it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's a huge difference oh yeah big so time so sound is incredibly important yeah big time big time and I, I think that's one of the things that's hard for us too is because clearly we're on podcasts right but trying to do a lot of transfer a lot of that audio quality into other things is a complicated thing yeah and it creates a lot more opportunity for more income and more money that you know to invest into the equipment itself mm-hmm. um but interesting i mean it's an interesting component um what kind of some things that you really kind of i guess i know so you let's 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 rewind a second here so we'll get out of the local 209 stuff but you do a lot of feature film work too right yes i do so what are some things that some projects you've worked on that maybe people might know um so let's see. Well, there's one. There's really. I love how this is reading off like a like a digital like a, like a audio resume. <laughs> Go ahead, Jeff. <laughs> uh, so so one thing that people actually may know is that I um, I re- last or uh, no in 2016 I produced a um, I was the assistant director on a faith based comedy done by the director Robert Alanis and we're in the middle now of pre production for the sequel. Cool. Um, Any actors that people would know? Yeah, uh, Jim O'Hare from uh, Parks and Recreation. He's the guy who plays Jerry. He is actually from uh, Lansing, Illinois. And oh, nice! He's, he's I didn't fa- know he's, he's a hometown guy. Yeah, he's a guy family in like the in the region area too. So Jerry, yeah, Jerry. that's awesome. Um, he is probably the coolest guy that I know, like actor wise, I should say. What like, is your impression of uh, Parks and Rec? Oh, I love it. Me too. I didn't I didn't like it when it first came on because I was because I was so into the Office and I was like, this is this is bullshit they're making another office with it's like this is not even funny and then i gave it some time and i was like all right it's kind of funny yeah i like the uh my favorite thing is what i would like to turn local 209 is entertainment 720 <laughs> <laughs> just have just have laurie marking it on retainer shooting jumpers for the bulls on the background it'd be great that left shrimp and <laughs> we got roy hibbert um so okay i'm sorry to cut you off so no, 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 so, you're good. so that's uh you got the feature films going on and so you, you said that's starting to film the second one yeah so we go into production of the second one in uh in april and so what positions are you really holding on those on those films well the last film i was assistant director so i was pretty much just like i was hiring crew i was making sure people were doing what they needed to do um this time around um our production coordinator had to step down so i jumped into that role and now I'm the production coordinator, so I'm making the schedules. I'm also, you know, handling a lot of different conflicts that come up with the script. Um, Does this go on your IMDb? Oh yeah, hell yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm on IMDb uh, for Heaven's is Betsy, and then uh, I've got I've got like other I've worked on like you know like other films that came into the city too, like Transformers and Jupiter Ascending, but th- those were like little things that I did. So I if like, I if I Google your name right now, it's going to come up in IMDb with you being on Transformers Four. Yeah. That's awesome. There's well, there's actually three Jeff Wisniewskis on IMDb, <laughs> and someone actually reached out to me one time because this one, this other one, like when you know worked on Avatar, like the the, the James Cameron film. Um, yeah. And someone actually reached out to me. He's like, "Are you the same James, or Jeff Wisniewski that worked on Avatar?" And I was like, "Yeah, oh, sure." You're bullshitting people. No, I didn't actually say that. 
Avatar, what a digital experience that was. I actually never seen it. Never seen it. I, I, I really don't have a desire. I feel like at this at this at, I'm this late it. in the game, I'm just kind of like, you know what? I'm don't just, do it. I'm not gonna do it. So I would say the story is okay, but it's one of those movies that you'll probably never watch a second time. Yeah. At least in my mind, uh, we uh, Amber and I we went to uh, the IMAX and Portage to check it out, and it was uh, 3D IMAX. So, mm-hmm. but it was one of those that just wasn't like sticky. You know, yeah. like we saw a Harold and Kumar 3D IMAX movie and it was like stupid. It was like only when they'd throw something at the camera and something would be 3D. I don't like 3D. Dude. Well, I think if you would have seen Avatar, it would have changed your, changed your uh, perception. Yeah. Like I think that's one of those movies that's that's meant for 3D. Yeah. Like there was times where it felt like flies were flying around your face and it felt like you were literally on set the entire time. Yeah. Another one that was great for that was Prometheus. Ooh, that yeah, because I can I can see that yeah, because yeah, they have like the like the holograms and everything coming oh, yeah. out of the screen. Wild, be, that would be cool. It was really cool, great experience. Um, but yeah, most of them kind of fall flat. Yeah, like I saw. Um, what did I see? I think I saw like the Avengers, mm. like the first Avengers. Well, you're a big you're a big uh, superhero guy. I am. Yeah. Uh, but like back when I was in college, I think I did see the Avengers in 3D, and that wasn't too bad. But I just feel like some sometimes 3D is just unnecessary. Gotcha. I don't need 3D to enjoy a film. I know. Yeah. I know some people love it. I, I don't care for it. I think that there's a real value to it if it's done properly. Yeah. And I think it is the wave of the future mm-hmm. for film. It, it it's going to take a lot longer for it to get into the hands of the amateur. Yeah. But that technology, it's like when it's done right, is insane. With every passing day, we're getting more and more close to Ready Player One, where all yep. we need to do is just step into like a virtual reality or an augmented reality universe. Yeah. Essentially, virtual reality is another interesting one. Yeah, that's I don't even I don't even understand that world. No, yet. I know I have no idea how it works. I don't I don't think I'll ever figure out how it works. Dude, but. there was this. Um, so when we were, when we were doing football games over in Springfield, uh, Jeff Kaufman, who was the manager, the the producer, he was a station producer, and he would come in, and one day he brought me this box, and it was like, okay, that's cool, and he's like, check this thing out, put your phone in, it. and I had to download this app, put it in there, and it was all VR, and it was the, one of the most amazing experiences ever. It was like you can Google Earth had an app, and then so then you'd go in there and you'd be able to kind of walk around the Eiffel Tower in real in, in like real time, three D. Cool. It was sick. And uh, the same thing with like yeah, you can go you can go make t- tours of New York City, it was an awesome aspect of it. And if that's the way it is, I heard. Um, so with that IPS was you know Eric Blakely now. Yeah. Um, he works a lot with New Balance, and um, New Balance is doing that virtual reality to where they can give hitters at bats against pitchers in the ballpark they're going to be facing them. Wow. That's insane. That's really crazy. So that's a way that it works out really well. And I hear that the NFL uses it a lot, especially at the quarterback position, to get them reps. Bef- so when they get into practice, they've seen it a million times. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. So there's ways of that. But I don't know how you can gamify it. That's the only issue I have. I don't know. Unless you're like, you know, like like how it is in Ready Player One where you have like the immersion rigs where you don't go anywhere. You don't have to like worry about punching your TV or anything. You can just... Yeah, yeah. You can just stay in one place. Like that's the only way you can actually do that an immersion rig yeah like, that's the first that's that uh phrase has ever been uttered on talk local yeah <laughs> well i think just in, i think just in general it's the first time it's ever been talked about in the region maybe 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 i don't know comic-con was it's, last weekend it's stuck in my brain because i just reread ready player one so it's okay. just it's just stuck i have it here. i have it right up there yeah i saw that yeah um the uh so you were at comic-con this last weekend what happened with that it was really cool. It was my first time ever going to a Comic Con, and I'm a huge comic book person. You know, I love Star Wars. I love you know Marvel movies, all that. Sure. Um, 
it was just really interesting. And like the one thing that I always forget, I, I think I told you this already, but like I, I'll tell the, the the listeners, like it's one thing that I, I I always forget is that I always forget that it's not just Marvel, it's not just Star Wars, it's not just these things that I love, but it's also like anime and manga and Dragon Ball Z and all these other things that I've never even heard of until I went there and I saw. That's cool. Um, and then it's not even just that. It's like cartoons, you know. It's just, it's, it's everything. Sure. It's everything that you could be a nerd about, it's there. And it like, seemed like it was great for that. Yeah, it is. It's so, it's so, it, I, and I, I love the nerd culture more than anything because it's, just, it's, it's a great time to be allowed to be a nerd right now because it's all in. Yeah. It's all yeah. in. I, I think it's always been in. It just hasn't only been, you can only be a nerd about things that people thought were cool. Yeah. Now it's about you can be a nerd about things that aren't cool. To the general population, but they're cool to other. They're cool to someone. They're cool to a minority cool of to people. Someone. Yeah, for sure. It's so, like it's like the yeah. I get you. So so yeah, like I said, it's just a really good time to be alive. Like for me, because when I you know all through high school, I was I kind of kept that side pushed down. I was like, people are not going to be cool with you if you're a nerd and you like comic books. And then I got into college and everybody was into comic books. I was like, finally, <laughs> Jesus. It's awesome, Jeff. It was so nice. Uh, so when you're when you, but isn't that part of the growing up process? The, the figuring out who you are as an identity. Yeah, a I little mean, like, bit. I mean, I think we all did it in one way. I mean, like I had I had my identity. I, you know, especially in high school, like, it's not like I was like I hid in the shadows or anything. I was, you know, I was like the music guy. I did, I did my I did my music stuff. I taught sure. I taught music a little bit too on the side, just to make some extra money. In what high instrument school. did you play? I played guitar mainly. Really? But, I, but I did play drums a little bit. I was not the best. I could keep a beat. I see you in the brass section for some reason. Like, like the, I don't know like, why. Like playing a trumpet? Yeah, I see you as a trumpet. Because you, you know I like Miles Davis. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot you're a jazz guy. I should have put that as the record. I know. Well, I was. I got so upset. You had someone on here with, um, with, the, with, with the kind of blue, and I was like, Damn it! If I was ever gonna be on the podcast, I wanted it to be kind of blue. Damn it! Well, we were stuck with Postal Service. And I like Postal Service. This so is I'm, a great okay, album. Okay I love it. it. The um, I I used to, I thought I had Coltrane's Love Supreme, but I didn't. I couldn't find it, so I, I don't think a, I had. I got a couple Coltrane's. I got a. I got. I think I got Lush Life and. Uh, I forget. I forget what else. Hmm. Never mind. So I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. Uh, we'll definitely have some room to talk music, but oh, totally. I really before we kind of just jump ship, on the production side of things. I mean, I've never, I don't even know if I've ever asked you this question, but like what kind of drives you, what kind of uh, creates your passion for video production? Like I'm just interested because like me, I love creating and I love pushing boundaries and that's what kind of keeps the, like the secret sauce for me. And I'm just curious on what yours is. Um, that's a heavy question. So kind of like just like my inspiration. Yeah. Like why do you like to do it? Um, it's just, it's doing something that not everyone gets to do. Like I, I I went through pretty much all high school never thinking that it was a possibility, and then like a you know a friend that I knew who was going to film school was like, yeah, I'm going to film school in the fall. Like, that's a thing. Like you can go to school for that. Wow. And I, I ended up looking into it, and it was it was there. Like it was real. A, yeah, it was real. It was tangible. a real thing. It was a, yeah yeah it was a tangible thing that you could go and do. It's so funny you say that, man, because thinking about it like that, I was almost kind of using like I had a secret life of filming. And, I, and and because of that reason, yeah, you didn't feel like it was tangible. You didn't feel like it was something you could actually like aspire to do. It didn't feel organized. Yeah, like if like you a, know, yeah, like a friend of mine, uh, like back when we were kids, like he, like my but my my one of my friends, Mike, he was really big into like, he wanted to be a filmmaker too, and I was the one who wanted to be like a journalist. I wanted to write for a newspaper yep. and make write movie reviews and stuff like that. 
And then when when he was like, "Let's make a movie," I was like, "Yeah, but not like a real movie." <laughs> yeah. And like, because I didn't, I did not think that the the goal was there. I did not think it, like it was achievable. But it's now, crazy. But now, like, I have a camera on my phone. Anyone can do it. Yeah, yeah. It's no, it's a just, different world, man. It's unbelievable. You unearthed a lot of men, you, like a lot of uh, um, memories right there for yeah. me. Because it's just really brought me back to, there's this kid I used to go to high school with. His name's Ryan Longfellow. Haven't talked to him in at least 15 years, probably since we graduated high school, to be honest with you. But we used to kind of go, and it was at the time, it was VHS driven. And so we're talking 97, 98 right now. And we would go around, do, and we would take, we would be doing a lot of video. But the only way that you can edit it was if you had two VHS players and then you'd have to play it simultaneously and stop and go the the entire time to really edit the sides of the thing so it's like that's an intense moment and then you just i completely forgot about this i totally repressed this memory too in high school i had my parents buy me a video camera for christmas and uh i used the shit out of that thing i wonder where that stuff is now i I, there's probably a vault of me in high school i remember at one point i never wasn't on the basketball team but i went into the locker room in the, of the basketball team with I would love to see some of that footage. That'd be crazy. Because I knew all those guys, you know, I was I was an athlete, so it was like really easy to do that. But man, that's crazy. You just made me kind of go down a different route. And I didn't realize that like that was something I was always interested in, but it was always so repressed because it just didn't feel tangible. And it, that's weird. You're you're exactly right. And like I, you know, I've always had I've always had a love for movies too. Like my like one of my top five favorite movies ever is the original Star Wars because I just I just remember it being one of the first movies I've ever seen. Hmm. Um, and that's what's kind of you know just watching movies like you know like like the, the, the Michael Keaton Batman and um, and Back to the Future like all these movies were part of my growing up, and so I just I just spent nothing but just watching those movies and wanting to just have a life or make a life like that like those movies. Sure. Um, and that's a great one to kind of start with because that one seems obtainable, especially nowadays. Yeah. To make right. Um, so we've worked together uh, quite a bit now in four months, but um, I noticed that I, like, I feel like I, I make you uncomfortable when it comes to the, some of these ideas. What do you mean? I feel like I make you get you out of your comfort zone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you do. Quite a bit. <laughs> Is that something that's positive or negative? No, I think it's positive. Yeah, even if it doesn't feel that way in the moment? Yeah, like, I mean, it's never going to feel positive for me in the moment, but I know that once I start doing something like and i and i start getting used to it and I, there's like you know there's kind of like a repetition that i'm like kind of like okay i know how to do it the next time now you know and like yeah. working with and working with you like definitely it's it's it's, it's kind of expanded my my horizons a little bit because now i you know i'm kind of understanding what you want from things and i'm starting to be able to do that now and i think the more that we work together the more i'm starting to see uh more into your head a bit more sure. makes sense. I think that's one of the hardest things in this industry in particular is being on the same page with the producer. Yes. I think that's got to be the hardest thing, right? And you've only got so much time to figure it out. Because I think we talked about that one time where, um, you know, we were saying like, you know, what you have in your head is not exactly what I have in my head when you tell me something. In video specifically. Exactly. Yeah. So like we could like just kind of as an exercise, you could think of a farmhouse and visualize it right now. And I could think of a farmhouse and be two completely different farmhouses. My farmhouse is like way better. Way better. I can tell. I can tell in your the gleam in your eye. <laughs> um, 
So you, you mentioned a little bit of Star Wars. Is there? I know that you and I kind of have like a, a running uh, exercise of giving each other shit about the kind of uh, stuff we like. We have well, a little bit of a disagreement. Or some, and I feel like mainly it's me being a dick to you, and I'm sorry, especially with The Walking Dead yesterday, because that's one of those shows that just drive me crazy. I don't, I don't like, 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 and that's one of the things that, like, because I have arguments with some of my friends about stuff, you know, like shows and movies and stuff like that, and. I don't, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that, like, I have my, you know, I have my, my love for it. And then, then you can have your hatred for it. And that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I'm just so angry at it because I wasted five seasons of my life on it. And that's what I think bothers me so much. And that's why I, I have, a, I have, a heart, like, no patience. And then but that show is, like, it's, it's always been a slow show. Like, it's, it's always been a slow show. So when people says it's slow, I, like, it's starting to get a little slow. I'm like, it's always been slow. What yeah. are you talking about? I, and see, the pacing isn't my criticism. The criticism is just bad storytelling. At the end of in, the day, that's what bothers in some, me. In some parts of the show, I will agree with you. There, there were parts of the show where I was kind of like, can we get this shit rolling? Like, there's, yeah. like, there's, I think it's, I want to say it's season six. Where that's when I punted. Yeah. Well, there was, was a, when there, Carl's face got shot off. He's still alive. Glenn, who should have died, came back, and then all of a sudden we got. I'm introduced to the seventeenth enemy in the in seven in, in three seasons. I know. I was over it. I know. But there, <laughs> there was a, there was a part in season six where it's like it was like the first. I don't know. It was like Morgan came back uh-huh. and. Spoilers, uh, I guess. Yeah. I don't you, know. You, mean, you mean the Donatello episode? That's <laughs> I, what I call that one. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't. It's know. a full episode. It's biographical oh, oh, on, on, on of Morgan. Right? Yeah. No, I'm not talking about that episode. I'm talking about the. It's like right in the beginning. It's like the first like four or five episodes of, or maybe like the first half of season six, where it just all takes place in a day. Stupid. And that's the only time where I've been like. This is ridiculous. That's the season I punted. Yeah, I know. I remember. Yeah, I remember you talking about it. That season just felt like a long ass time. It feels like the. You know what it feels like to me? It feels like the audience is writing it. That I think that's what pisses me off so yeah. much. It's like they pick and choose what characters to lose, and it's like after season three, they haven't made any any like risks with that at all. Like the one time they did was Glenn, and then like they, they they backed out of that only mm-hmm. to kill him again because they're like, well, maybe it isn't so bad. Spoiler alert: <laughs> If you haven't seen season six, then it's not my fault. If you that's, that's been a year ago, <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm not talking about it in real time because I haven't watched it, so you just you have no chance to be spoiled. Um, but that was my biggest issues creatively with it, and I feel like they pick and chose when the zombies were going to be a real threat, and that's yeah. what drives me insane. Is like There's... in the first season. That scene where literally zombies are taking down horses and Rick is locked into that damn tank, you felt the zombies as a threat. Right. And don't give me the shit that time has taken over and they're all being decrepit and they're turning. That's bullshit. There's new zombies every day, man. You know? I just, I can't believe with the amount of zombies that they've killed already that there's more zombies. They're, it's like there's a factory. They're just manufacturing zombies. It's million, yeah, there's more zombies they know what to do with. They're shipping them over across the sea. <laughs> and it's like, how many bad decisions can Rick make for the group before someone's like, maybe we shouldn't listen to him anymore. <laughs> maybe maybe it's over for him. Well, that was like a whole part of the show at one point. It was just like everybody was like, we're not happy with Rick doing his thing. And then they were like, bring back Rick. You know, Not like the audience, but like the people in the show yeah. were like, we need Rick again. And, you know, Rick got his gun back. And he's like, Carl. You know, I don't don't know what I don't know what he says. It's but pretty much Carl. Carl. Yeah. So, I really like. I would probably say up till season 
the, so the end of season two, I really liked. I thought that was still really making some real good stuff. I going thought towards on. the end of season three was like the best, like like when the governor was like. See, I hated was, the governor. Well, I, I hated, hated I hated governor. the governor too, but that's why yeah, I. But not liked in a good him. hate. Oh, you didn't. Oh, you didn't like him a good hate. I hated, I liked I hated the character. Hate. I liked him a good hate. Gotcha. Like I got the whole like we're gonna have um, a zoo of zombies. That's fun. Of zombie heads. That's cool. And then you had the daughter locked into the thing. That's cool. And then uh, you had that whole kind of turnaround. Where it lost me though is that this governor turned into like this super villain that really never felt that much of a villain to that team. And then they were just picking off like that scene where it's like three seasons earlier, these zombies were taking down a horse. And then now, opportunistically, Rick locks the governor into a room with like 14 of those things and the governor gets out. Like yeah. it's like total bullshit. They pick and choose the consistency of it. And it drives me insane. That's, well, that's why I don't watch it anymore, Jeff. I... I, I agree with you because I, th- I think the, I think the zombies I'm, I'm not gonna say too much more about the Walking Dead um, but I'll say that the, I think the walk I think the walkers the, like the writers use the walkers as plot devices way too much and right I think like I think they just need to just be there not as, I, I they're trying to make it be there but they're using it as a plot device and, and it's, it's a little too noticeable they're more concerned with the people living than they are with the people that are dead in that yeah and that's not why anybody's watching that show. They're watching it because people are dead. Yeah. And walking around. That would be my advice. You're listening to Walking Local with <laughs> Jeff and Alan. Well, hey, you got to jump into something eventually. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that. I know that you're. So we got the Oscars this week, and so that actually has some kind of uh, pull with it. I know you and I both watch it, but um, because of this business. I haven't been able to watch any sports practically, and I wasn't able to watch any movies, and so I feel like I'm really behind. Yeah, I've seen about uh, I've seen about three of the Oscar movies, and, and like, and we were talking recently, but the viewers don't know we like to watch the movies before the Oscars air, so that we can kind of guess what's going to win. And yeah, um, yeah, I did not watch any of the movies. I think I watched like three of them. I saw like Get Out, I saw Dunkirk. And I saw something else. I yeah, I'm surprised at the reaction to Dunkirk. I haven't seen it, but people are saying. Yeah, I feel like it's on both ends of the spectrum. Either one person hates it or another person loves it. I'm see. I'm I'm mixed. I, I think it's, oh, you're I, in I, the I middle think, there. I I think I'm mixed because I'm used to Christopher Nolan's being like like Interstellar or Inception, where it just blows my Batman. mind. Yeah, Batman, where it just blows my mind, and and it's and it's like a little bit like a supernatural or like a like a uh, like a sci-fi element to it sure. which which is my which is right up my my alley i love that kind of stuff so dunkirk was a little bit of a step back for me I, again great movie love it but not one of my favorite christopher nolan movies i like i, I like him going back to like you know stuff like interstellar and the prestige where okay. it kinda, you know it kind of it kind of messes with my head a little bit okay and so what else did you, what's the third one you said that you've seen you said get out dunkirk I, and what was the third I one i don't remember i saw something I don't remember what it was. Oh no. I don't know. Well, well see, that's how out of the out of the loop I am. I enjoy Get Out. Yeah. Get Out was one of the best statements on race it was, that I've seen really, in a very long really time. Good, yeah, really enjoyed it. And I'm not like a it really wasn't like a like a like a scary movie, but like I don't get into scary movies very much, but I loved that movie. Yeah. It freaked it freaked me out. It kind of had like a weird like reminding me of Black Mirror in a way where it's uh, it, We like, love that show. Oh, I know. I could I could talk about Black Mirror for 
days. I, uh, that'll be one of those moments that show I'll never forget is being in the, in the row in front of you and watching yeah, right. Don't Hang the DJ. And I'm like, dude, that was insane. Everyone on the plane had to hear me like just be that excited about it. I know, because you turn around to me and you're like, dude, dude, <laughs> Hang the DJ was the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think I saw the lady next to you kind of like look at you kind of weird. And I was like, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one was crazy. That is a great show. For those who haven't seen that one, check that out. Um trying to think of what else um so musically i know you talked a little bit about that so do you want to add anything more feature from film wise is there anything that you think that uh, you want to talk about um i mean unless you want to talk about something i brought up um i usually uh what was the other topic of debate that we had earlier Star Wars, the newest Star Wars. We really oh, both yeah. had you didn't, major you, differences. You didn't, you didn't like the, you didn't like the new Star Wars, and I, and, and you gave me your reasons why, and then I kind of countered those points, and you're like, man, I never even thought of that. Yeah, yeah, um, but I didn't change my mind on no, it. No, I know. I, I was gonna say, like, I usually when people have their mind made, like when they say things about something nowadays, their mind's made up. They're not gonna be swayed. Sure. I could be swayed. I, I can be swayed. I could be persuaded in one way or the other, depending on the amount of evidence that it backs it up. For example, I've, I've liked a show before, and like I'll have friends that'll tell me, like, that show is so terrible. And I'll be like, why? Like because I, I like it because of this reason, this reason. Why do you, why do you think, think that? And they, yeah. they say these reasons, like, well, we didn't like this character, but because he's this, this. Like, oh, well, yeah, I guess he did kind of do that. But, but still, he liked this, this, this. Well, I didn't like it because of this. Oh, oh yeah, I guess that did kind of happen. Shit, maybe I hate this movie now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The the when it comes to the Star Wars thing, I just don't understand. Like it, it, any kind of, I, I guess I look at film as art. Yeah, of course. And I really appreciate it. And so when anybody that is a clear cashing in on a concept drives me insane. There's nothing cashed in more than that Star Wars. And not and I have no problem with successes of movies making hundreds of million dollars. It's nothing like that. Creatively though, it's like that was the worst movie that could have been made. I don't think so. I don't believe that though. Really? No, I don't believe that. And I, I will I will try to be concise with my criticism real quick. First of all, at the end of the last one, I was all into it because I thought we were going to get a training device of the girl and the boy. For the he's talking about <laughs> Ray and Kylo. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, here we go. Kylo's going to get super evil. Ray's going to get super good. We're going to move forward. Instead, I've got a teenage Jenks movie about Luke Skywalker. That's yeah, what I, I got. Mean, like, I mean, like, you're not wrong, but it's it's like I like I've kind of talked to you before, but it's really about these two people not understanding where they fit into this whole revolution. So like Kylo, he's he wants to become his own thing. He wants to be like what his like what his old bloodline was like with you know with Darth Vader and, and, sure. and the Sith and everything. But then he's also getting pulled into being this lackey for Snoke. But and on the other hand, we have Rey, who just has no idea light or dark what she wants to do because Luke Skywalker's pulling her in a different direction. The you know man, the, that sounds the, a lot like is being Empire Strikes Back, doesn't it? Essentially, yeah. I mean, like <laughs> it's the same damn movie. No, it's not the same damn movie. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 they're two very different movies. But when you take any sequels and you put them, you know, like any any like trilogy of movies next to each other, it's sure. all gonna, it's all gonna look like it. There's there's no getting around it. Okay, so say that say that say what you just said again. What? If you put any sequels into what? Like if you put any trilogy like next to each other, it's all gonna look like the same. Like you know, like they're all the same. Like the, the first movie is all gonna look be like you know the setup. Sure. The, the middle movie is gonna be more of like the, the the struggle, and then the third movie is gonna be the conclusion. There's it's just there's it's just how storytelling is. There's you want no a prediction? You want a prediction for the third one? Sure. Kyla or uh, the girl wins. And, and Kylo Ren dies. Well, I mean, you want a prediction? That's a given. 
But see, then if that's such a but given, I, then why do we care that it's coming out? Because it's just I. I mean, I'm I'm not interested more in like I know that the good is going to triumph over evil. That's just I just feel like that's just a given. We're never gonna we're never rooting for the bad guys in sure. any movie. We're always we're always rooting for the good because we like to see the good in everything. Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. But so what made so. Let me ask you this. Okay. I think the biggest difference when it comes to the antagonist of these films is that I don't fear Kylo Ren at all. I no, still don't. No. Even when he was I fighting don't. those little, those big, uh, they looked like dancing ninjas. They didn't. I didn't even put any fear in me. And let me ask you this: like, why have storm stormtroopers in thirty years at this point still haven't been able to shoot anybody? Well, and, they're they're better in uh, in the new trilogy. They're, they're be- better. Yeah, because like. They they weren't so good and like like the joke is like they aren't so good at shooting in the original trilogy. They never shoot anybody. And then in like this new trilogy, like they're like more like deadly. Like that's the vibe that I got from the Force Awakens is that they're more deadly. Like they don't give a fuck anymore. Can okay. I, can I say fuck on here? You can. Cool. Yeah. Um. The, <laughs> the uh. So that scene in particular where Kylo kills the guy no one gives a shit about because we don't even know who the hell he is, and then he's got all those bodyguards in, in the red suits. That are all wearing again the the Donatello uh, staff, you know. It's like why don't they have guns? Like it's, the whole thing is silly, and they're all fighting one at a time. Even Martin Martin Alexi, he brought that to my attention. It's the same thing. I'm, I was gonna say I I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, I guess that's a little in. Like I mean, I I think because I mean like I I liked I. I there's people that I know that are really into Star Wars who mm-hmm. like they know the background, they know every piece of comic book lore that there is. I never read the comics. I never read the books. I'm never gonna. I'm just right. basing this just on what I'm seeing, and from what I'm just seeing, I like. Okay, I have to disagree. Okay. I feel like it's very predictable. I feel like the last one is Star Wars. I feel like this one was Empire Strikes Back, and I feel like the next one's gonna be Return of the Jedi, and it's gonna be the exact same storyline for three movies. I don't know. I I'm, I'm insert different character. I I think there's there's different parts of the new. Um, the new trilogy that's i think that's going to change that. interesting you know what this might be this might be now that this is actually happening this might be the format of another podcast we do yeah just talking like movies just talking movies because i know we were trying to do this for we were going the idea for you guys listening um we were going to be doing a podcast that was going to start about 3 weeks ago that was us talking about the oscar movies as we were watching them and then all the way until Oscar Sunday, and then we were going to be just doing like kind of a reveal of like an in retrospect of the movies one. So it was going to be like eight episodes, I think, at this point, four or five episodes. Yeah, and then look where we are. And then, well, the Dominican happened. Yeah, and then there was that a lot was a of bitch. there was a lot of stuff that just happened between then and now that were it just like it never happened. No, I would really like to do a, a podcast that's all about watching movies from an era. I know we've talked about that. I think I'd that would be into, a lot of fun. That. Like uh, the '90s would be a great one because there's so many great movies, and I know I know Martin and Josh talked about maybe doing it for the '80s. Yeah, I think I really think I think funny. that's I think we did or they did talk about '80s originally. I think it was '80s, but then they were talking about like doing like one for the decade or just eras or something like that'd that. That'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be fun. I'd appreciate that. So yeah, I mean, and maybe so this maybe this is the trial ground for it maybe. for those still listening. Yeah. <laughs> Leave us a comment somewhere, <laughs> somewhere where, where you sometime. can leave comments and talk to us about movies. <laughs> this has been a crazy week. I I feel like I'm losing my mind, Jeff. 
How so? I feel like I'm being more curt than I've ever been in my life, and I feel like I am overwhelmed. Not overwhelmed in a bad way, but I feel like I'm trying to balance so many things that now balls are starting to fall. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm, I understand what you're saying because I'm starting to feel the same thing. Just you know, working with you guys and then working on this movie at the same time, like it's it's been the true test of like who I am as as a professional, mm. trying to keep all of this stuff in line and trying to you know, because I mean, we had a meeting one day and then you walked in on me working on all the stuff for the movie and then we ended up having our meeting. So it's just trying to keep mentally for me. It's just that's the hardest part is just trying to keep like okay, yeah. I'm doing movie stuff and then at so and so time I'm gonna focus on local 209 stuff and then I cool. to, and then I go home and I go go back to the movie stuff and it's it's tough it really is tough well I'm really interested to see where we take this yeah me too I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out ways that we can implement video more and ways that are more concise I think when we get out of this we'll probably do one uh, that it sounds like will be kind of fun but um, it's just interesting to kind of see the and, and like how much we're influencing the the media market in itself mm-hmm. I saw Joseph Pete on the Times yesterday or maybe it was today. Uh, I guess they're going to be scaling the Centier building. The one right over here? Yeah, that really? like odd shape thing. I guess Anthony Contrucci is an awesome guy. Uh, he's a higher up at, or an exec at, at Centier. He's going to be climbing that damn thing. Hmm. That's insane. That's like six stories. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so that'll be cool. Maybe we'll get out there and cover that. Should we? What do you? Did you see my uh, post today on uh, Local 209's private page? What was it? About what we should do for the uh, liquor sales. Oh, yeah. Do you have any ideas? Uh, no, not right cool. now. Cool. <laughs> cool. And I'm a creative. <laughs> We've only had six hours to think about it, Jeff. I honestly like I've been I've been out of the house. I really haven't had a chance to look gotcha. uh, to really to really see. I know I know, all I saw was um was Matt's thing about singing in the rain. That's it. Yeah, that would have been funny. Um, um, I know we're in. I know we're in talks with Wise Guys, so we'll probably do something there, which would be cool. Yeah, I think it would be cool to kind of cover like the Indi- like the Sunday Indiana liquor sales that'd be kind of cool yeah should like, we should, should i'm thinking do we interview the the liquor store people or do we interview the people buying alcohol on sundays and document it that way um i say maybe like one one or two of both one or two of both because then you know we could talk to like the people because obviously everybody who drinks liquor and wants to buy it on sundays will be excited but how how is that you know how does the people who own these liquor stores feel you know, yeah. that their Sunday's gone now. Yeah, they have to be away. They have to be in uh, open now. Does buying beer seem so much more fun on Sundays than it did on the day before? If you bought it on a Saturday, I'll let you know on Sunday. <laughs> hey, well, you know. I there's been so many times where like I'll be at Jewel, I'll be like going to get stuff for for my house, and then I'll run, I'll be walking by the 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 liquor aisle, I'll be like, man, I'm gonna pick up a six pack of beer. You know why not? And I get up to the 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 counter. And it's usually not like a six pack of beer. I usually end up walking out with like two cases of something. And I get up to the counter, I set it down, and they're like, you know, you can't buy that today. I was like, why? And I'm like, Sunday. And then I have to be that guy that's got like five people behind him. They're like, sorry, everybody, I got to put this stuff back. No fun day Sunday. No fun day Sunday. But now, Sunday, fun, or Sunday, fun day, fun day, Sunday, whatever. Yeah, definitely. So I'm excited. I'm, I don't even need beer, but I'm just going to go out and buy a beer. Might as well. Just to feel the, the, the euphoria yeah. of buying it on a day that hasn't been able to been buy, bought on in 80 years. Unless you're a craft beer enthusiast. They've been selling beer every Sunday since their in, in, inception. There you go. So um, is there anything you'd like to uh, add as we kind of take off? This has already been 50 minutes. What? Could you believe that? It doesn't feel like it. It, do, it flies by. Um, this is how I was able to do a oh. three-hour podcast in New York. Because we were drunk and it just kept talking. 
Yeah, those are my favorite podcasts, though. Like, I, I did a podcast a couple a couple years ago with a friend, one of my director friends, and we just sat down for two hours in his abandoned house, and we just talked about it. That's that's a crazy experience. He, like, oh, wow. He, like, invited me. He, like, he I picked him up at his house. He's like, yeah, are, are we going to go inside? He's like, no, we're going to go to my other house. It's like, you have two houses? He's like, yeah, but it's a little different. And, he like, apparently, like, he, like, like Thanksgiving dinner, his house caught on fire, and Jeez. so now the house was abandoned, and they're getting it fixed. So like, there was like no power in the house. It, it was cold as shit, and we went to his bedroom, and there, you know, we had to have like a like a gas lantern looking thing to hang it on the wall to to give us light in the room. Jesus, that sounds like a Joel Henderson thing. But it was, but it was, it, it gave it gave me the sense of like I might be murdered here tonight. Yay. But it was it was a cool experience. It was, cool. it was just to sit down with a friend that I hadn't talked to in a while, and then and and we ended up making you know our first feature length film together. So that was pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah, that was like the whole start of like me getting into like the feature film era. It's amazing how something that that small of a relationship can turn into something that of a project that size. Yeah, it it's was fun. cool. It's fun. So is there anything you'd like to leave with? Is there any place people can find you? Um, you can follow me at um on instagram at awesome jeff w that's all one word all under you know lowercase um or you can follow my 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 quote-unquote production company it's called quiver productions you can find it at Qu- uh, at quiver prod mm. um and i don't know i don't know if, i really don't use facebook i mean i use facebook but i don't really care about it that much so if you Doesn't find me care. if you find me on facebook you can add me i'm not gonna and, and you will see his videos all over local 219 yeah i'll be so, around yep um and uh for us you can always you know find us on uh across all platforms including youtube and um audio wise on soundcloud and itunes um we uh for a social media component you can find us across all platforms at local 219 and on twitter at local underscore 219 um we will be working on getting a website up and running it's going to take a little bit of planning so just kind of hang with that a little bit but um Really looking forward to it. The, the crowd size is is isn't uh, getting larger um, by the day, and it's exciting times. So, Jeff, thanks for coming in, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you soon. Later.